welcome to the random bonus highly enthused q a episode up close and personal we asked you guys for some questions and we got a real mixed bag we did there was a mix you know serious silly provocative provocative and look there's no real rhyme and reason to this script tonight we're just diving into it we got we got highs we got lows we got awkward corners we got a few like bumps a few rabbit holes <laughs> a few rabbit holes but uh, I think we should just dive straight into it Soro I think we should are you gonna ask the first question um yeah how did we become friends uh Twitter back when it was fun and it wasn't a hellscape I miss Twitter I know well the I don't days on Twitter it. Yeah, I try not to go on it too much anymore. Um, so we met on Twitter and you ran this cool like city website, guide website, and I thought you were really cool. And then we worked at Broadsheet together for a while, which was fun. What was the city website I worked at? Daily Sydney, wasn't it? Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, you're going to need your resume updated. I know all the details. It was like the <laughs> blog version of like broadsheet, but it wasn't anything like broadsheet. Anyway, I forgot about that. Wow, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I should re-add that to my CV. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like classic tale, girl spies on other girls' blog, girl compliments other girls' blog, and then we went on a blind date. We did to a really cute little bar in Potts Point. It was fun. Yeah, and kind of scary. It was love at first sight, though. I felt like as soon as we met, it was like, yeah, great, done. <laughs> Yeah, it was really fun and, like, ballsy. I'm, like, quite glad that we went through with that. I feel like a lot of people make internet friendships, but they never, like, transgress to be real-life friendships. I'm going to boast for a second and say one of my actual top five life skills is making friends with people through the internet. That transgress into actual, like, real-time, real-life. Yeah, real-life real life friendships. I've had, like, stayed at people's houses that I've met through the internet. <laughs> you stayed at people's houses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds kind I of mean, crazy. It goes against every rule that you were taught as a child <laughs> about the internet, but I've done it. So, yeah, just a classic tale of social media bringing two people together in real life. Once upon a time, that it was that way. That was a very long time ago. Like, what year was it in? It was, you know, Oof. like a de- over a decade. Yeah, like definitely like 2010, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like 2010. Jesus, we, yeah. have, like, we should celebrate wow. our 10-year anniversary. We should. Okay, next question. Okay. <laughs> okay, I like this one. What is the three most and three least expensive things that you have purchased that have made the biggest impact in your life? You go first. Okay, most expensive three things. Well, I did a solo trip to Santa Fe, New Mexico in 2019 to do a writing course. I went there to study memoir with one of my favorite writers. And it was just one of those experiences as like super indulgent in your life. I felt like I had this one wild last chance to do something like before I had a baby, before unbeknownst to me, the world shut down and God, I'm glad I did. And yeah, it was just one of the experiences that was like, you know, it cost a bit of money to get over there and do the course and like spend a bit of time traveling. But my best friend came over from New York for the weekend and we went exploring and we drank heaps of mezcal. We did mushrooms. <laughs> and it was just really fun. And I'm just so glad I spent that money and, 
and took that leap and did that thing. It was awesome. Especially now that we won't be traveling for a long time. I feel like number two in, in the most expensive is my our apartment, which feels like <laughs> a silly thing to say, but like it's a big achievement <laughs> buying an apartment. And I feel like that has definitely changed my life. And I'm very grateful to be in a position to have done that. And my camera. I feel like an investing in a camera, like a really solid one that's really going to go the distance is a really good investment. And I had a camera that I, that was my dad's that I used for ages and ages and ages. But a couple of years ago, I bought one that had like all the mod cons, like it had video recording capability. And the best thing about it is it has Bluetooth. So you can just Mm. zap yourself photos straight away to your phone. I love that thing. It was a Canon 6D, probably got a couple of models ahead of that now, but that was such a good purchase. I'm so glad that I did that. <laughs> and my least expensive things, this was a fun thing to think about, muslin face cloth for washing my mm. face at night <laughs> in the shower. It's like the cheapest thing in that you can do for beauty. I feel like that'll make a big difference. Just washing your face with your smooth, smooth fingers will not get all the stuff off your face. <laughs> so try a muslin cloth. House plants was my other one. I feel like watering my plants and seeing them grow makes me very happy. <laughs> um, it's a real, like, satisfying thing, and I love it. And they're, you know, you can propagate them and get them for free. And then, look, I sorry if I feel like I may have stolen this from you, but Soda Stream. It's okay. It's the best. Not thing expensive. In the world. It's the best. It's just so good. I will never take my Soda Stream for granted. It's awesome. I've never been so hydrated in my life. Exactly with sparkles. <laughs> What about you? (laughs) All right. So I'm sort of echoing you. Plane tickets, you never regret plane tickets, even if they're expensive. So I took two overseas trips in 2019 and the second one in particular seemed wildly excessive at the time. And now I think 2019 Sophie was just really looking out for future Sophie, especially as I'd had a few years of not really traveling at all because my husband had been so sick. So I'm just glad that I really went for it and had two big trips that year. So obviously that was quite a lot of money. My second one is my Noiro electric heater. I grew up in a household where my dad literally had a poster that said a sweater looks sweeter, costs less than a heater. Um, And every time we'd be like, I'm cold, he'd be like, put another layer on, (laughs) just put more clothes on. So I really grew up like never having heating and then I'd never had a heater at home and then last year during working from home I just cracked because I was so sick of like not being able to feel my fingers or toes for like the whole day and this was like an investment I think it was like $500 which is pretty big investment for me and I thought it was wildly extravagant but I don't know how I lived without it and it's such a wonderful wonderful heater to have and then my last expensive one is a linen sheet set I literally like dithered over this for months, like months and months and months, like maybe almost a year of like, should I do it? Oh, it's so expensive. Should I? I don't know. Like it was just that amount of expensive. And it was just that amount of money that makes you like, you can't do it frivolously, but it doesn't seem like you should be saving up for it. seems weird. Like, I don't know. I just never like, if I just put the money away every month, I just would have had it really soon. But anyway, I got my tax return and I finally took the plunge and bought them. And now they're my favorite sheets to sleep on. And I'm just going to probably do the same thing when I get my tax return this year. Your bed thread sheets? Yeah, bed threads. They're very, very comfortable. So they're my three most expensive. And then my... (laughs) three least expensive my essential oil diffuser 
it's just I put it on before I'm like just before I'm getting ready to go to bed and it just like makes my bedroom smell really nice and it kind of does this Pavlov dog thing of switching my brain into thinking it's sleep time so that's really helpful mm. if I'm not trying to wind down second buying Dolan vermouth to have in the fridge so I can always make martinis at home game changer oh, so classy seems really classy but then you realize you just mix two ingredients with some ice and you call it a cocktail so really it's just <laughs> fancy alcoholism and then my third one is a recent purchase which mostly I think just made everyone on Instagram laugh but has truly changed my life and it was a 1.4 kilogram bucket of Malden sea salt which means I will never run out of salt again yeah that'll last you what Three months? <laughs> I mean, at least, you know, but I just got so sick of paying like $9 for 200 grams and this was like $28 for 1.4 kilos. So I feel like oh, it was a really good investment. Really yes. Great investment. Nice. All right. <laughs> okay. I feel like a total fucking idiot saying this question, but it was very funny. So we're going to go for it. How are you both so effortlessly stylish? Teach us. Oh my Thank God. you, dear listener. Thank you. Very complimentary and sweet. And you clearly have not been in my house for the last seven weeks because shit has gotten dire over here. I'm going to be honest, it doesn't come effortlessly to me at all. I spent a lot of time thinking about clothes and what I want to wear and like scrolling the internet like a magpie looking for things I like and like getting a sense of what's in style, even if it's just to be like, that fad is definitely not for me. <laughs> I would say, and I don't know if you agree, but I think it's gotten easier as I've gotten older in some ways. Like I have yeah, a better same. sense of what suits me and what feels good. But then every time I think I have a handle on it, I usually have a small identity crisis. Like when I had to create a style icon so that I could figure out what to wear and then I want to rethink everything I own. So like, I think it's just that I don't post a lot of photos of myself in my uniform of jeans and a fuzzy jumper. So it seems like I'm stylish, but I'm actually not very stylish. Can't wait till we can like have places to go and be stylish at. Oh my God. I bought a fancy dress from Realization Par and I literally picked it up from the post office the day lockdown started and was like, I'm not wearing you for a long time. You should just wear it. Wear it on Saturday. Maybe I will. What about you? How are you so effortlessly stylish, Sophie? Effortlessly. Um... Uh... <laughs> I feel like I just like experiment a lot. Like I'll spend a while just trying like every combo in my wardrobe until I find something that I'm like mildly happy with. I feel like buying clothes that fit properly is a real game changer. Like really not trying to squeeze into those things that really just don't fit you anymore. Comfort, I feel like brings a lot of confidence because you feel good in clothes. But honestly, I'm just really glad that I work in a creative job and can wear fun casual clothes to work and also work with people who look so cool all the time. Like I'm oh constantly God, like floored by the cool shit that people in my office wear. I'm really coveting the acne boots that um, Rose in our office wears and looks very cool in every day. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. The combo of like lockdown and motherhood has really thrown me in terms of my style. I'm mm. still trying to figure it out. I gave a bunch of clothes to my sister recently because I felt like I could just like no longer wear them as a mom. Like I had this like denim dress that I found in New York on the side of the road that I wore like constantly. It was like above the knee and it was like just that I was like I can't fucking wear this anymore. <laughs> so I'm just giving it to my sister. And yeah like 
spaghetti straps, things like that. Like, I don't know. I just, not that even anything has changed about like my body that much. I just feel like I can't wear some things anymore. I don't know. It's a real crisis in my head at the moment. <laughs> I feel like style. it's probably an identity internal crisis rather than like how things are looking. Maybe. I don't know. It's a weird time. But yeah, I don't know. Great question. Thanks. Thanks for making us feel good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Which soap would win in a bar fight and which? would win in a cook-off look I feel like you would beat me in a in a fight I feel like you would like pin me down and like pummel me with your little fighty fists yeah look I think you would win in a cook-off you are one of the best cooks and like I can cook a few things well but you always experiment and surprise me and I would win in a bar fight because I seem friendly but I fight dirty and I'm surprisingly strong I don't look like I'm strong but I'm surprisingly strong. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I – thanks. That's really nice. I mean, you're an amazing cook too. Um, yeah, I, I cook a lot of legumes, I, so <laughs> creativity <laughs> is dying down here. No way. When you cooked me that saffron cream pasta that time and I, I actually like nearly passed out, it was so good. I did not want that to, to end. <laughs> you seduced me with your saffron. Very delicious. Look, I've, got, I've got a couple of recipes up my sleeves at work, but yeah, you'd win in the cook-off and I would pummel you to death in a bar fight. Okay. Dream, highly enthused guests, dead, alive, local or famous, etc. <laughs> okay. Etc. I have an answer for this one. My two dream guests are Nigella Lawson and Zadie Smith, but I would mm. want to be able to interview them in person and get rowdily drunk at the same time. That is key. Yeah, we don't want like remote recording with Nigella. Fuck no. <laughs> no. It just won't be as fun. So Nigella, because she's Nigella, obviously, but I also think she's no bullshit and like darkly funny. And I think she would also give great recommendations, seeing as we are a recommendations podcast. And then Zadie Smith, because every time I've heard her on a podcast, she's so smart, but also like very down to earth very very funny and she has this very unique specific sort of take on things in the world that's always surprising and interesting and I just think she would be like a total hoot so they're mine who are yours I just want to do an episode with Dolly Alderton which I feel like is a massive cliche because I feel like every 30 something woman is like I want to be best friends with Dolly Alderton but I just feel like (laughs) she would bring the sesh she loves the sesh she'd bring the sesh she again, would have to be in person over some kind of wine-soaked dinner and then something really fun like dress-up karaoke would happen and then it would just be a great time and a great listen, a gift to you, listeners. It would be amazing. Anyone know her? (laughs) Yeah, how do we seven? (laughs) We can't. Okay, exactly how drunk do you get when recording? (laughs) Shit. Okay, so the sweet spot for both recording the pod and playing Game of Pool is exactly two and a half drinks. Drunk enough that you're a little bit loose and you stop overthinking things, but sober enough that you still have your motor skills. Yeah, I think season one was like a real high point for um, (laughs) getting booze. A few boozes boozes before recording. I miss those days. The wild and loose. Days of audio experimentation. No babies. No babies. No audience. Um, (laughs) However, I do feel like some remote recordings recently have been quite fun in terms of three glasses of wine in. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, I do feel like the solo lockdown recording has resulted in both of us having consumed a number of drinks. I think as well because we tend to be recording later because we're waiting for Ned to be asleep. And so by that time we've had dinner and we've like had some wine. (laughs) 
Yeah, and to be honest, I feel like I wish I've drunk more before this episode because <laughs> I'm finding it Same. quite weird. <laughs> but anyway. Well, look, hopefully you're enjoying it anyway. Next question. What are your middle names? Oh, Grace. That's my middle name. My mom has the same one and so does my grandma. Well, that's nice. Mine is Louise, which I feel like is one of the five middle names that were available in the late 80s, like Jane, Louise, Elizabeth and Mary. Um, (laughs) And it's not a family name, but my mum's middle name is Thelma and I always thought she did that on purpose so that we were Louise. I love that. But she definitely didn't because they die at the end of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is not a reason to name your daughter that after that character. Nice. What is your dream or death row meal, including starter, main, side dish, dessert, and drink? All right. I've actually thought about this many times before. I'm ready to go. Oysters to start, always, classic. Then I don't actually eat a lot of red meat in my day-to-day life, but if it is death row, then fuck it. I'm going to have a very rare steak with some kind of garlicky, herby butter, and I want a, like, very well-dressed, perfect green salad on the side, like, crisp and fresh and very zingy. I want French fries. They need to be thicker cut, and every single one of them in this dream scenario, they're very precise instructions. I want them all to be the extra crunchy ones and crispy ones. And there should be mayo and tomato sauce for dipping. And mm. then for dessert, and this is very wanky and name droppy, but I don't care. I had this mayo lemon ice cream sorbet thing at Chez Panis when I went there in 2018. And I want a scoop of that for dessert. And I'm just going to drink champagne the whole way through the meal. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm drinking. What about yours? I want to hear yours. Yes, I really agree on the oyster front. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'll probably have like six to 10 oysters. Um, <laughs> Fuck indigestion. We're dying anyway. Yeah. Take it all. <laughs> exactly. And then I would have in the same course, like some perfect charcuterie, like a really. Mm very well made and aged saucisson, like the LP quality meat saucisson mm-hmm. with some really crisp zingy gherkins. I then want some pasta, like a spaghetti or a bucatini with some kind of seafood, probably prawns with something spicy like induya and heaps of parsley and heaps of butter in like a spicy prawny mm. buttery sauce. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm. Cold white wine. I'm probably going to leave the salad. Like if we're going to be what? honest, I'm going to leave the leaves. Yeah. I'm just going to be like, no, nah, I just want more pasta. Like, fuck this. I don't, I don't, I don't want a salad. I do, however, want good bread to mop up all that spicy prawny sauce. And then dessert would be an apple tart tartan, like really dark, almost burnt tart tartan, mm. like that ultra caramelized vibe. Some amaro and ice and then a cheese course. Gorgonzola dolce, the rich stuff, the good stuff. Holy goat la luna, and then a wash rind, probably a poisse, I would say. Okay, I now want to edit mine and add definitely a maro at the end as well, and then maybe some very dark chocolate. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to be sharing this meal together so we can, like, clink our glasses of amaro before being taken arm in arm to the chair. <laughs> For doing For like what? <laughs> some kind of horrific crime during podcasting uh, okay do you actually think you would be hungry if you were on death row about to be executed a great follow-up question <laughs> well I feel like it'd probably be more like wow I never thought I would die in jail <laughs> so yes I'm taking the chance to eat the meal I've painstakingly planned over the past 40 years like I feel like I've thought about this question very in-depth 
And yeah, I'm just going to, fuck yeah, I'm going to be hungry and I'm going to eat the meal that I have planned. What about you? (laughs) I really respect that. And I think I would either be like nervously ravenous or I would, to be honest, be so anxious that I can't eat anything. It depends. If I've pushed through the anxiety into just like that empty dissociative space, then I think I'd eat it all. (laughs) Yeah. I also feel like it would make a difference if you were guilty or innocent. (laughs) I think if you were guilty, you'd be fine. You'd be like, oh, fuck it. I deserve it. Yeah, exactly. Listen, you'd be like, I mean, listen, I can't, I I can't die. But if you're guilty, you're like, well, I get it. I had a good run. (laughs) I mean, what crime would we even be in jail for? That's another yeah, that's whole a good other question, question for a Being whole too other good podcast. at podcasting? <laughs> Put them to death. Do either of you secretly wish the other one had a different name? <laughs> no, I actually think it's really cute we have the same name. There is no better name than Sophie. Like, they're just. I know. It's clearly superior. It's perfect. It's the perfect name. So, no, we do not wish that we had another name. <laughs> Great question. Yeah, I think it's all part of the shtick. Okay, if you could rename the other Sophie, what name do you think would suit them? I feel like you would suit something quite literary, like Edie. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, or like something from Little Women, like Je- Joe. <laughs> no, I wouldn't <laughs> call you Joe. <laughs> I'll take Edie. Edie's cute. See, for you, and this is quite interesting that we've actually both done a very similar thing here, I think something kind of jaunty and spunky like Stevie. (gasps) Like Stevie Nicks? Yeah, like Stevie Nicks. I can see that for you. And notice we've picked both picks names that also end in (laughs) IE. So we really haven't veered very far from our actual name. (laughs) Isn't your dog called Stevie? (laughs) My parents' dog's name, but it's a classic name. I was also thinking you could be like a Frankie, but I think Stevie's cute. Like, it's cute. Scott's parents' dog is also called Stevie (laughs) after Stevie Nicks. That's also who my parents' dog is named after, but we'll just say we're naming you after Stevie Nicks. I like it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And they're both golden retrievers, and that's a beautiful dog, so that's fine. (laughs) You are the golden retriever of humans. Okay, dream two-week holiday itinerary anywhere in the world. Oh, God. The number of times I have planned this in my head in the last two years. All right. So it's very hard to choose. The key thing here is like, do I want to go places I've been before or do I want to see somewhere new? Assuming that we can't trust the borders will stay open. I couldn't choose. So I've got two options. If I had to, if I was just doing places I'd been before, I would go back to Italy, I'd go to Genoa and Milan and Sicily to fill the two weeks. And I would just be happy because I would be stuffed full of focaccia and granita, Negroni spagliatos and just like gelato and everything would be wonderful. But if I was doing somewhere new, I'd do two weeks in Mexico. I'd go back to Mexico City because I've been dreaming about it for eight years and then I'd want to go to like Oaxaca, Guadalajara, maybe somewhere in the Yucatan Peninsula and just like stuff myself with tacos and drink mezcal and never come home. That would be what I would do. (laughs) Oh, man, Mexico, yes. I'm dying to go to Mexico City ever since you went there. I'm just like obsessed with it. I really want to go there. Maybe we can do a highly enthused trip. Hell yeah, like I'm so down for that. Yeah, that is for sure on my list. I just want to go back to Spain. Like we were there for three months in 2015 and it was just like the prime of my life. (laughs) Like I just loved it. I had the best time. It was just like everything was perfect and all I want to do is go back to Barcelona, eat some fried fish, eat some olives, drink 
a lot of wine and maybe a little absinthe and just live my best life. We didn't go to the islands when we were in Spain and I really, really wish we went to Menorca and Mallorca. And I've also heard really good things about Ibiza, not the gross party side, but the other side, which is like crystal clear water, really nice restaurants and little like cove beaches. I really want to go there. Um, but I've also had a real craving to go back to London. Like mm. I think, I don't know, I think it's about recording this podcast. Like we have quite a few London listeners and started following a few people, you know, in London and um, it just, there's so many restaurants I want to go yeah. to there. Such a good vibe. Like obviously they had a real tough year last year, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I haven't been in a long time and I'm really keen to go back. Um, great question. Love that question. Love that question. Okay, what are your favourite processed snacks, favourite cheesy snacks you can indulge in from the supermarket? Okay, well, apart from my well-documented love for salt and vinegar chips, which has been discussed ad nauseum, my top five are chocolate-covered pretzels from Maloney's. I don't let myself have them Mm. very often because I eat the whole packet very quickly, but they are so good. Smoked almonds, which is when I'm pretending to be healthy, but they're definitely not healthy. Pizza shapes, Zappos. And peanut M&M's. Peanut M&M's are the perfect confectionery item. I'm after a crispy M&M. Mm, controversial. Mm. No. Zappos is a good shot. They are very like high school canteen. They are high school canteen. They still only cost about 40 cents a packet and they give you that real good face pucker. Like your cheeks get kind of sweaty mm, when you eat them. Goodness. Yeah, it's great. Yes. What about what are your favorite processed snacks? I eat like a baby bell a ch- cheese a day. <laughs> really? I am obsessed with baby bell. Yeah. Like every time I go to the supermarket, I buy a net of them and I've all almost like regularly started buying a big net. <laughs> like not the like five baby bell net. I buy like the 12 baby <laughs> bell net. I love them. It's the perfect snack. Oh no, not for me. <laughs> like what kind of cheese is it? I don't know. It's just baby bell. That's what it is. It's so good. I eat so much taramasalata. Like I have a perma tub of taramasalata going in the fridge. It's like never ending. It's so good. And my husband has a really unhealthy obsession with jats. So that has just the perfect combination with taramasalata and also French onion dip. Mm. That is something that is permanently in our fridge and goes really well with jats. (laughs) (laughs) I have not had French onion dip in a while, but it is... Maybe I need to bring that back. Maybe that's lockdown it's treat so this week. so not good for you. It's like cream cheese and onion. And that's probably all it is. a lot of sugar. And salt. Yeah, it's bad, but it's good. It's so bad, it's good. Tonal shift, one of our favorite things to do. So we've been eating snacks. And then if you've had a big, scary life event like death or a birth, what helps you feel like yourself again? Um, I just clean. If I feel out of sorts, I sort out the house. Like I vacuum like a motherfucker. I do not have this gene. I just don't have yeah, this gene. Yeah, I almost, I want to put it on other people. I'm like, can I come over and clean you, your place? You can. <laughs> like I'm like. Sophie, you can always come to my house and do this. It is. <laughs> I actually will. Available to you at any time, as long as there's no judgment in how disgusting I am, because I am a trash goblin. I will. You can come clean my house whenever you want. Yeah, it's it's actually amazing how much better I feel when I clean. Like, and I'm not like a clean freak or germaphobe or anything. I just like like it's almost about tidying rather than cleaning. It's just like getting all the crap off that chair in our room that has clothes on it. Like doing all the laundry. 
wiping every surface down and I just feel so much calmer and like better with everything yeah it's handy it does come in handy but it also I it used to manifest as like when I would like avoid having like an argument with an ex-boyfriend or whatever I would just start like tidying the cupboard like in the (laughs) middle of the argument I'd just be like start folding my jumpers (laughs) I'd be like look we probably need to talk about this I'm like I am talking (laughs) I'm just I'm just folding at the same time (laughs) anyway what about you look well so I can't really speak to the birth part, having not done that. Um, I can only speak to the death part, which is, you know, slightly uh, intense. Not that birth isn't. Um, but I think, and this is like the one deep moment of this, a big thing I had to accept that I wasn't actually going to go back to feeling like my old self. And that was like quite challenging. But then I had to learn to view that as instead of like a loss of who I was, instead to look at it like an expansion of who I was so like reframing it that you're not going back to who you were you're just this is a new part of yourself this change has happened and you have to kind of integrate it but some habits that sort of helped me ground myself um, and were kind of helpful as I found my feet again I was like trying to like figure out what that was going to be like was like for me cooking for myself a few times a week i feel like when I manage to get into that habit, that's when I feel the most settled. If I go a few weeks, like I felt it even before we went into this lockdown, I was going out a lot and socializing a lot. And I just like was out of my rhythm with grocery shopping and cooking. And I just felt a little bit scattered and all over the place. So that always makes me feel a lot more like settled. And then spending a lot of time in or by the ocean. I'm very lucky with where I live. And I, especially when I was in that first sort of part of uh, going through that loss that was very calming and soothing it's really lame but like exercise helps I hate that it helps but it does Um, and then writing my feelings down and then never reading them again (laughs) just like getting it out and then turning the page and never ever reading it are the things that have helped for me until your memoir (laughs) yeah we'll see which Sophie is funnier. I think we're both as funny as each other and I'm not just being like diplomatic. You make me laugh really hard. I feel like you're like smart, funny and I'm like cheap oh, gags. Do not sell yourself short. You made a comment once about <laughs> being, I asked how you were feeling and you were like, I feel really full of arms and legs and it has stayed with me <laughs> ever since. You were pregnant at the time for context, but it was one of the funniest things anyone has ever said to me. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I feel like, you know, Oh, we hope you guys think we're as funny as we think we are. If not, because, it doesn't matter because like, we, make, we make ourselves laugh. <laughs> That's all that we care about. True. All right. True. What to do in lockdown when you feel like you've watched slash ordered slash cooked slash done everything? Oh, I mean, I feel like I have scrolled to the end of every streaming service. I'm so sick of it. I've just been like, fuck this. I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, so boring. <laughs> I feel like I cannot scroll anymore. So I did read something today that said I should practice my karaoke songs from when the time comes. So I'm going to try that. Oh, I think that's great. Like build out a new repertoire of new classics. Yeah. Don't be that person that's flipping through the book for hours. You've got some in your back pocket and you are about to nail them, baby. So my personal favorite tactics when I have stared at screens for as long as I can is to um, take a bath. Then I like to stare at my face in the mirror and squeeze pimples and make them worse. (laughs) I've spent hours doing that so far and luckily none of you can see me. It's disgusting. Uh, Then I do the New York Times crossword and then I go back to Instagram. 
that's what I do in a cycle. I hope we really helped everyone with our recommendations today because, well, well this is turns. a Q&A, not a recommendations episode, so I don't have to stand by any of these yeah. as advice. I can't say they work for you. I'm just saying they've worked for me. Pick your pimples. <laughs> oh, God, I hate lockdown. Okay. Any tips if you've gained weight during lockdown and trying to feel okay about it? All right. Look, so my body weight has fluctuated quite a bit over the last five years through various life changes and medical things. Um, And my two main tips are, first, follow more diverse people on social media. If you have an Instagram account, if you don't, then this doesn't really stand by. But if you have an Instagram account, just make sure you're not seeing only one type of body type over and over again because that's sort of just like – if you have heaps of influences, like unfollow them, like find people who have like different body shapes that you think are cool and stylish and just like reframe what looking cool and stylish and sexy can look like. Cause I think you can get so warped if you're only seeing one body type over and over again, and it can just help you like re see yourself. And then the second one is similar to what you were saying. So if about like being stylish and like just buying clothes that fit you, like buy yourself some new clothes that fit because I think half the thing is if you take away the social construct and you actually look at your body as it is with whatever weight it is, it's usually fine unless you're trying to squeeze yourself into clothes that like cut in or like gape or like cling in ways that aren't particularly comfortable to make you self-conscious. But if your clothes fit you and they feel comfortable, you're actually going to like feel a lot better and you'll look better and you'll, it sort of gets rid of some of the like awkwardness and discomfort of like having a slightly different shape or size body. And then just try to be nice to yourself. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I really agree on that sizing, obviously, as I said it before, but, um, the moment I upsized my underwear oh, <laughs> to be the actual size that actually fit me mm-hmm. was like the big relief of trying to squeeze into the size that no longer fit me. Yeah. Like that was so good. Once you're comfortable, you feel so much better. And also like, I feel like, you know, I took 23 steps today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I feel so seen. <laughs> like I did not take 10,000 steps today. I took 23 that is not a lot of steps that is basically to the fridge and back so I feel like this time in our lives it's it's gonna happen it's not forever we're gonna get back to that that you know like incidental exercise walking to work walking to the bus all that kind of thing it's gonna come back this isn't gonna last forever even though it does feel like it at the moment try not to worry too much a good tip I have is take some like nice pics of yourself in the mirror like in, at nice angles. Yeah. I feel like when I, when I gave birth and was like getting used to my new body, I was like, I'm going to try and like take some nice photos of my body in the mirror, not for anyone else to see or not to send to anyone or like do anything with. I was just like, just wanted to see like what different angles I could make to make myself look good and feel good. And it kind of works. So Great. It's a good tip. Love it. Feel free to send them to me. I'd enjoy them. Oh. You know, cross that boundary in our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I think I sent you a photo of me in like the new swimsuit that I bought and I was like fully pregnant and I was like, look at this. <laughs> yeah, your boobs are amazing. Yeah. Glorious. All right. Last one. I mean, this is the last one for both of us and then we're going into some individual questions. So we're ending on a high note for these these communal questions. Fuck, marry, kill. Clive Owen, John Hamm and Dominic West. I just got to fuck John Hamm. Like, he's so hot. I love him. And, yeah, I found out some things about him tonight. 
just Google John Ham in tracksuit pants and you'll see why. Thank you, Snoopy, for alerting me to that. You're welcome. I would def kill Dominic West because he would definitely cheat on you. Like he's a big cheater, uh-huh. that guy. Not good. Um, mm-hmm. And then I guess marry Clive Owen, but I feel like he would be a good cobbler. So that checks out. Look, we are somewhat aligned. I would... Fuck Clive Owen because he's really rumpled and hot, but he seems grumpy and that's a dynamic <laughs> that I think would work in the bedroom. Um, Dominic West is good looking, but I did I forgot about the cheating thing, but he also just seems kind of whiny. Yeah. Like I feel like he would sit on the couch on his phone and be like, babe, what's for dinner? But like wouldn't ever suggest anything. Yes. And would like say no to all your suggestions. It's just, it's a very Gen X vibe I get from him. Um, and then... John Hamm, I would marry because he seems really handsome and happy and, like, he would just have a nice energy around the house. Oh, You know, just a positive attitude. Yeah. And also the thing that I made you Google. <laughs> I love John Hamm. All right. So that's our fuck, marry, kill segment that maybe we should introduce into our weekly episodes. Okay, now we have three questions that are just for you. So if I will be the interviewer. Okay. How many pairs of chic overalls are stashed in that closet? <laughs> I'm just obsessed with whoever gave this question up because that is some good observations and the answer is five. (laughs) (laughs) I have two from Zara in two different colours. I have a really nice pink one from Nice Martin or Nice Martin, however you say that brand, Mm -hmm. that has like cutouts down the leg. I have some vintage denim ones and then I have some gingham like cotton ones that were cheap from the Iconic, which I really, really love, but had some weird ruffle on the arms that I cut off. Um, I mean, gee, like overalls, they rule. That's it. (laughs) All right. Best resources for copywriting or improving writing skills. Oh, yes. The best advice I can give you if you want to improve your writing is to read. The best way to improve writing is to read good writing. Just keep reading. Write down words that you find interesting or you just like. That is a good one. I have a list of words that I like that I come across in writing on my phone. I feel like that is, even if you don't like use them in your own writing, I feel like it just helps you to build your vocabulary. And take a copy course. There is a course called The Good Copy, which has classes in Melbourne and Sydney. And I'm pretty sure they're online now. And they're only like one or two days. They're really not expensive. I think they're like $500 and you can claim that on tax if you write for your job and yeah it just helps you know the rules (laughs) I find that explaining the rules is a bit hard so to know like the why things should be as they should be is quite helpful even though like whatever writers can break the rules and you don't have to follow rules just knowing like proper grammar you know proper sentence structure is really helpful especially if you write for your job I've done a good copy grammar class before one of their courses and that was so amazing I ended up really loving grammar at the end of it which was not what I expected going in so I also recommend those courses okay final question for you what kind of blonde products do you use to keep your hair such a nice color? <laughs> oh, I feel so good on this episode, guys. Okay, so I have blonde highlighted hair um, and it's quite a challenge to keep the blonde from going brassy. I have, as I've been talking to Sophie about today, experimented with a like gradual lightning mousse in year 11 and 
turned a horrendous shade of orange, which I really hope does not happen to you. And one way to combat that was a lot of money spent on new highlights, but another way was purple shampoo. So if you have blonde highlighted hair, using a purple shampoo can really take out a lot of that brassiness. And I have tried so many of them. I think I've tried like 20 and I finally discovered the best one which was recommended to me by hairdresser lately and it was called the Christoph Robin shade variation mask in baby blonde it's like vivid purple it's really 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 vivid it's really thick and it's really nourishing and it's actually a conditioner not a shampoo so you shampoo your hair normally and then you just like lather this on leave it for like 10 minutes while you shave your legs or wash your face or whatever and then you wash it out and your hair is back to that like creamy buttery blonde and all the brassiness is gone i use it like once every two weeks when i remember like not religiously i think if you use it too much your hair can go like ashen so you don't want to take that nice creaminess out of it (laughs) but yeah such a fine line you have to walk as a blonde. Such a fine line. So expensive. Okay, I've got three for you, Soro. Hit me. Uh, dating update, please. <laughs> I love that this isn't even a question. It's just dating updates, exclamation point. <laughs> Lol. So, well, I met someone on Hinge about a month before lockdown started. And then uh, thanks to old Gladdy B, we had a very fun Are You My Internet Partner chat oh. as lockdown began. Uh, lol. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're still seeing each other. He's really great. And it's also very weird to have gone very rapidly from like the fun, sexy, like getting to know you, dating time, going out to restaurants and bars to like instantly switching to spending all our time on each other's couches. So, you know, that's been interesting. Is he listening to this right now? <laughs> Uh, I don't think he is, but some of his friends maybe. So hello if you are listening. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, local could you recommendations for best coffee, takeaway, lunch, and dinner. Okay, this is just going to be rapid fire. So I get my coffee at the Grumpy Baker and I also like Cafe de France for coffee. It's really good if I want to do a bit of a walk. If it's takeaway lunch, I can't go past a banh mi from the shop XL Roll, which is just like a little tiny hole in the wall on Coogee Bay Road. They also do a chicken satay roll, which is unexpectedly delicious. Dinner time, if I'm doing takeaway, it's chat thai every time. Cannot beat it. Um, but if I'm going to have like a fancy night, I'll go to Sugarcane or Unamas, even though it's Maryvale, very good. And you guys didn't ask for it, but Will's on the mid-level at the Coogee Pavilion does a very good martini. Oh, yeah. Excellent. And for our resident bookworm, where do you find your book recommendations? Lots of places. I like. I immediately was like, heaps of places. And then I was like, wait, where do I get my book recommendations? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it's just through osmosis. But I do find a lot through Instagram. I follow lots of like bookish people and I sort of – Whenever they post on their stories, things that they're reading, I just like scribble the names down. I really love Molly Beth Young has a column in New York Magazine called Read Like the Wind. You can also subscribe to get it as a newsletter. And she recommends a really great, very varied and eclectic mix of both contemporary fiction and older books. So she's not just recommending newer ones because that's one thing that I quite like reading books that weren't just published in the last like year. I quite like reading older stuff so it can be hard to find those sorts of recommendations. Um, So then the next one is I just like to browse in bookshops and particularly in secondhand stores 
because it's like alphabetically organized and you can just like see what you discover, even if it's not the newest thing that's just come out. And I also am really nosy. And if I'm in people's houses, I like to look at their bookshelves. Oh, that's nice and hard to do at the moment. But feel free to send me photos of your bookshelves and I'll tell you what I want to read. (laughs) That's a fun idea. All right. Well, that's it. That was not that fast. That was quite a long episode. That was fun. (laughs) I think we should do one of these every every season we definitely can i hope you guys feel like you know us even better now yeah we want to know you (laughs) tell us your secrets (laughs) we'll be back next week with a regular episode and thanks for listening find us on instagram at highly enthused you can ask us more questions there maybe we'll answer them soph's in the dms all the time she's got lots of time on her hands might get some extra recs through her there sure otherwise we'll see you next week see you next week bye bye